Welcome, welcome, welcome to Armchair Expert. I'm Dan Shepard. I'm joined by Minnie Money Mouse. Hi. Hi. One of my favorite actresses on today. Oh, she's so good. Alia Shawkat. My goodness, I love Alia Shawkat. Alia Shawkat is an actor and an artist. She's an incredible painter, we came to find out. Yeah, she has a really alluring spirit. She does. It's really art forward. There's a coolness. There's a confidence. There's a punk rockness. She is in one of my favorite shows, Search Party. But of course, you probably met her and fell in love with her in Arrested Development. She's in The Final Girls, Duck Butter. What a title. (laughs) Whip it. And then my favorite movie of hers is Cedar Rapids. Cedar Rapids. Fuck, is she great, man. She has a new movie. It's out now. It's called Being the Ricardos, of course, about Lucille and Desi. But most importantly, the final season of Search Party is out now on HBO Max. This is one of these super hidden gem comedies. Yeah. I don't know how hidden gem it is. I'm just basing that on when I tell people I love it, I'm generally educating them on it. Right, because it started out on TBS. Which made no sense, as we discussed <laughs> forthcoming. But thank you, TBS. Yes. God bless you. Started on TBS, so I think it was harder to find at first. Right. But now it's on HBO Max. Yeah. Yes. HBO Maximus. Okay. Just before this started, we were talking about you don't ask God to protect the whole neighborhood, just yourself. Okay. And then you extended the ring out to us, which I thank you for. You're welcome. My friends and family. Friends and family. Discount. And we were playing cards last weekend with Huey and his beautiful bride, Hayes. She knew to spades he had played in the past. And he finally won a hand. He and Kristen were partners. Uh-huh. And he thanked the sweet Jesus Lord. Sure. I elaborated on his prayer and I said, Thank you, dear Lord, for taking out some time of deciding all those football games and basketball (laughs) games and baseball games and boxing matches to weigh in on this card game. That's what I want to tell you. (laughs) It's no place in this intro, but there it is. Yes, it does. Everything does. Please enjoy Alia Shawcat. We are supported by New Balance. Whether you're going for your first ever jog around the park Getting ready for a marathon or even picking up the pace on the last stretch before you get home, if you run, you're a runner. Whether you need shoes for comfort, stability, or race day speed, they've got you covered. Because the only right way to run is your way. New Balance. Run your way. Visit newbalance.com running to learn more. We are supported by Intuit the technology platform that builds your financial confidence. There's some things that school doesn't really teach you, like how to handle the financial world. I mean, look, I did 16 years of school and I didn't have a single class on accruing debt or a hole that that puts you on. Yeah, they don't teach you that. No effort made whatsoever. If you want more financial knowledge, now is a great time to learn with Intuit for Education program. It has free, easy-to-use resources, like getting a car loan with credit Karma simulations, understanding taxes with TurboTax lessons, and even learning to run a business with QuickBooks simulations. Check out Intuit's free resources today at intuit.com slash education. Intuit, that's I-N-T-U-I-T.com slash education. He's an
First of all, let's talk about your footwear. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Needs hey, to be addressed thanks. immediately. Is that boa? I wear them all the time. Python? It's snake. It's, yeah, snake. it's yeah, definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. snake. I think if all the animals no one really gives a shit about killing, I got to imagine <laughs> yeah. like if you pulled America, it would be like yeah. if you wore rats as shoes, people like, good, make use of those things. Or if you had like a mosquito handbag, people would be yeah, like, Yeah, they would yeah. love that. <laughs> yeah. And snakes is close. Snakes are smart and beautiful creatures, yeah. but it's also like leather. It's like, you know, we all wear leather. Yeah. Yeah, I wear the shit out of it. Yeah. Uh, one can't ride a motorcycle and not wear leather right. virtually. Totally. One loves road rash. So I feel like, by your estimation, would you agree with this assessment of our acquaintanceship? Okay, yeah, Is I'm that excited. Like, I know of you quite well because we yeah. have a mutual friend we both love. Yeah, I feel like we used to see each other all the time. We used to bump into each other. Yeah. But never like any uh, rat-a-tat, no chit-chat, really. No like big sure. old one-on-ones, as no, I recall. No, podcasts, if you will. <laughs> Certainly yeah. never a two-hour um. conversation <laughs> about you. Recorded. <laughs> <laughs> it was like I would come to visit set. We're talking about May. Yes, May Whitman. I was trying to lightly foreshadow. Like, so maybe you get <laughs> curious. Like, maybe the listener right now is like, who is their mutual friend? And right now they're kind of sure. going through the role of like Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> Top Cruise, the number one. <laughs> There's a couple things that I find really intriguing about you. One is a performance based one, but kind of a mysteriousness. You and I, are, I think, are a bit opposite. Like, I'm an approval junkie. So I most <laughs> certainly was opening the door to you. Like, please come in. I'm going to wow you. And you're like, I'm good. And I don't need to wow you. So that's my kryptonite. That's so funny. That's yeah. the impression of like our yeah. interaction before. In my head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. I'm like, yeah, she's just kind of like a cool customer. She doesn't need the shepherd show right now. I think the cool customer was definitely something I worked on. Oh, yeah. okay. I it, wouldn't say I was always, I mean, like, I'm pretty cool. I mean, the shoes. I mean, yeah, yeah, they speak for themselves. <laughs> but it's like <laughs> mustard top, <laughs> fucking boa boots. Yeah, do you always describe what? <laughs> Actually, well, yes, it does come up a lot. Clown wig, <laughs> YouTube earrings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the other person that gets this is Monica. As you even heard, we weren't yeah, even yeah. recording. I came in, and these Jordans are so the colors. Yeah, do you have lots Ooh. of Jordans? Dax is a Jordan collector and has brought me into the fold. I've infected it's her. It's a real fold. I did it for a little while. Oh, you did? I worked with an AD who was like obsessed, and every day he was like, oh, you got the sevens or something. Yeah. And I was like, what, what are they? <laughs> but I would get like the kids kind, Yeah, you know, because my feet, and then they just like, they made my feet look really cute. What size shoe are you? Seven and a half. Oh, mm. Monica's a 5.5. 5. Oh, boy. <laughs> so generally what happens is I go searching for a set, and they don't have my size. And then I slide over to 5.5 5 to see if they have Monty's <laughs> then, size. Right. They're almost more fun on her than me. Like, I can appreciate them on her. Also, she has this beautiful brown skin, which oh, makes different things it. It's pop. very ashy right now. That's because she's washing. Your, that's another cream? debate. I'm washing a lot. I always of... got cream. Oh, you do? Yeah, wow. if you want to. Do you full go body wash? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I'm Stop obsessed with moisturizing, though. I'm just like hand lotion in the car, face spritz. Have you ever done one of those Vogue skincare videos? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Look at them. Not trying to judge, but uh, no. <laughs> I'm not Vogue. Yes, you are. You're uh, so Vogue. You know, I'm like real life Vogue, but like in like <laughs> actuality, I'm so not Vogue. I just am dying to she do a skincare them. video. Yeah. What do they do? They're just like, so wake up in the morning. Yeah, they start off with their green juice. And they're sure. like, I, you know, I start off in the morning with this just to cleanse. And then I do a <laughs> squirt. I mean, they show the squirt like wow. to camera. So the camera's like in the bathroom? With yeah, them? it's like in the mirror. Do you think it's their actual bathroom? Kristen just did one. And I was coming unglued in the other room because it happened to be in <laughs> our bathroom. 
I was overhearing the person that directs these videos, and my wife works with Anna, our friend, who's the nicest human being on planet Earth and a very hard worker. And they were putting her through the ringer about the lighting in the bathroom and the camera angles and everything. Oh, no. And I just kept hearing it. I started yelling weird things. I'm like, they probably looks pretty good. <laughs> like I started getting like protective of Anna. Is um, it just because it's like Vogue is just well, like hard to please? Well, yeah, as they should be. Like yeah. I, I later was like, if you're going to play ball, you got to play ball. So like my right. wife said, yeah, she'll do this Vogue thing. I had nothing to do with that, but it was triggering in all these ways. Like yeah. perfection has to look like this. These are all like my fears. Yeah, yeah. She looks so good in it. If she didn't do all that stuff, like she compared to the good. other ones would have been like, what's wrong with Kristen's face <laughs> and Routine. bathroom? I definitely do some like face care. Do some serums I and do stuff. some stuff. I bought like a full on Instagram facial, th you know, those things oh, that get you on the ads. Sure, and I was like, you gotta yes. be careful. Got one, and then it like makes sure your face, like it sounds terrible, but I look like a burn victim. Like it like sucks oh. all the oxygen out of your face, and you're just like, and then all these crazy lines. And I was obsessed with it. I just like left it on for so long. I was like, I look so cool. Like I was like so into it. You need to make one of these. <laughs> I know, of I all get people. On it. As a child, would you get in front of that mirror and like put scotch tape on yourself and do weird yeah, stuff? I would yeah. Do some of that. yeah. Yeah. It's nice. I used to put on makeup, like my mom's makeup, but I always had freckles. I got more as I got older, but it would always look really weird putting on makeup over freckles. Was it a bummer for you? I didn't like them that much when I was younger, but this was all I got. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's my, my thing. They're like, the girl with the freckles. I'm like, that's me. But yeah. I sometimes see photos of people who have as many freckles as I do, or sometimes not even as much. And I'm like, whoa, that's a look. And I'm like, huh. Like, I catch myself <laughs> in the mirror. Wait, is that a baby you? Yeah. That yes. Is Isn't that the adorable? sweetest Thank photo you. you've ever seen that's been turned into an oil painting by Rob? Beautiful. And you're a painter. I am a painter. What kind of painter? I paint like oils and stuff. I do like really big ones lately. I have a studio. Well, you said big. What are we talking? They're like six by eight feet sometimes. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's enormous. Yeah. I used to draw just in like a room in my house and everything was just like so hunched and tiny and really detailed. Now I really like I just like staple up a huge piece of canvas and then I could kind of use my whole body. This sounds Basquiat-esque. <laughs> yeah, I feel like every painter, they're like, yeah, that's Basquiat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they were huge. <laughs> and a lot of like mess and then control. Yeah. So that's like what I'm kind of into. Yeah. I'm going to be in like an art fair soon. Oh. Which art fair? It's called Spring Break. And it's happening at the same time as Freeze, but it's kind of like a smaller, cooler one. And isn't your collections called Controlled Chaos? Controlled Chaos. AKA a beautiful mess. <laughs> now it is. <laughs> Can yeah, you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of gals ended up with that tattoo in the 90s. Beautiful mess. Beautiful, a beautiful mess. mess. Wow. Yeah. I mean, don't say it. Don't the say motto it. of this show is leave. messiness of being no. human. Oh my Ooh, yeah. god! Ooh. Is that on go. the iTunes outline or whatever? Listen, yeah. we're changing it this year. We're going with mixed messages. Yeah, because that's kind of Monica Nice kink. Wait, can you define that though? What does that mean exactly? You like when people are saying mixed messages? When something appears one way but is Bader Meinhof frequency way. illusions, yes. sure. and then you reveal, oh, it's a completely other thing. Now we're intrigued because now it's novel. We're also obsessed with novel and proprietary. Yeah. <laughs> ah, okay. These are kind of <laughs> these are kind I of like our obsessions. Okay. And this is when I make a case for Monica of how outstandingly beautiful she is, and she always fights back. It's the exact same thing you were just saying about the freckles, which is you see other people's freckles. I don't even see her freckles. Okay. Well, Easy. you need, but, but you have notoriously <laughs> shitty eyes, though. Well, I do have bad vision. See, mixed messages yeah. just happen. 
Like, she doesn't even see him, but also she can't see, so it doesn't mean anything. Right. See how mixed messaging mixed that is? messages. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I think that. that's the same message over and over, but yeah. Okay, so I tried to explain to Monica, and she doesn't buy into this, and I'll hit you with it. All we want is novel. I don't want you to look like a 80s Vogue model. I watched the show, and sincerely, I said to Kristen, are these people CGI? Right, right. Like, there was a whole cast of people that were impossibly perfect in quotes looking and right. i was bored out of my mind yeah how about adam driver like when i first saw adam <laughs> driver in girls i was like that's kind of cool that they cast this dude and by god four episodes in i'm like this might be the most attractive guy i've ever seen yeah totally right but it's also like sexuality or like attractiveness is so much more than looking like super uh, symmetrical i guess but do you find yourself attracted to the stereotype of the handsome guy on the cover of men's fi- i don't even know what the equivalent is no definitely not it just has a lot more to do with like how somebody carries themselves and their confidence and like that's what's sexy i think if you're a model you're kind of like encumbered by being perfect in a sexual capacity. I'm sure they feel like they have to make the sound and do this and be by the book because they're perfect. That's what they sold. Yeah. Exactly. They that's what they're selling. That. And yeah. that sucks. Like then you totally. can't be you or you can't find what's cool about you or unique about you. You want someone to have found a lane. I do. Yeah. I think when you're not trying to fit perfection too, you actually have to make more of an effort. And then if we're actually getting into like actual sex, I feel like sex should be so much more, I don't know why I'm bringing kids into this, but like it's almost like when you're a kid, when you first masturbate for the first time, like it's kind of messy raw. and raw and animal. Yeah. I'm looking to transcend all self-consciousness in the experience. Yeah, totally. And totally. you want a partner who you think can meet you there or wants to go there with yeah, you. Yeah, totally. What a great detour that was. <laughs> so fun. Delish. <laughs> Riverside, California. You were born there. You were raised in Palm Springs. You have to tell me what a childhood in Palm Springs is like. Palm Springs is a really trippy place because it's like the class system is super present there. It's like really old, super wealthy people. Some of the wealthiest in the world have homes in like Indian Wells. Lots of old movie stars like in the 50s. That's kind of what ended up bringing my family there was my grandfather was an actor. Mm-hmm. He had a weekend home there. Emmy nominated actor. He was the male lead in Valley of the Dolls. Wow. Yeah. He ended up retiring there and then when my parents met in LA they decided to start a business there because it was like not a lot of people were living there anymore and it was just like cheaper in the 80s and stuff. It's a huge boom and bust city. Yeah, totally. It's like super dependent on LA's kind of whatever they're doing right totally so now it's like hot again when it wasn't my whole childhood it was just very empty especially in the summer it's like movie theaters would be practically abandoned you'd buy one ticket and we'd just stay in there for hours because the ac and we'd yes. just smoke pot in the front seat oh, wonderful. of the theaters and just be like should we go watch walk the line again <laughs> i'm like oh my literally. god walk the line is a childhood uh, movie for i know not childhood teenage oh, okay, okay, teenage okay. <laughs> I think I was 51 when we saw that. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it was just kind of like there's nothing to do but kind of get high. So I always would go there to write. Like if I had something due, I would go there. And I'd I'd write all day and then I'd fart around the town. I'd be by myself and bored. And then I'd go to like chain restaurants, which I love. So as I would chat with staff members of these restaurants and stuff, I'm just really trying to get the vibe of it. And my conclusion was like, it reminds me of Florida a bit. So you have this huge group of elderly people in Florida, and then you have all these kids that got sent to live with grandma and grandpa because the parents were so fucked up. It reminded me of that. There's like this 
drug use off the charts. I'm like looking at people and I'm spotting all these things. And I'm like, oh, there's a real undercurrent to this place. Totally. And it has this definitely darker side to it. And then like an old lady in a Bentley and you're just like, what is the balance? (laughs) And it's like her grandson who just like sold me something. And also in high school, I went to like a nice private school. My family was very like homemade dinner every night, very homey. But a lot of my friends were like public school, like getting in trouble. And I like to hang out with them. So I kind of got to see both sides or like punk shows we'd go to or friends of theirs that like just lived in a park. And I was like, okay, you just live here? Like you're 15 and (laughs) just getting high or like kids doing meth. And I never, thank God, did that. But there was a period where I was just like, I want to try out. Like I want to be self-destructive. And I just ended up being like a pothead who did like bad MDMA a couple times, you know. But it had this very, yeah, like fuck all kind of vibe. Looking back, it's kind of romantic. Yes. Also, I was acting since I was nine. So I would have this kind of dual life where I'd like come to LA and have this very kind of productive life where people are looking at me at a young age being like, you're special and we like you and felt so fun. And then half the year or when I wasn't working, I was like back in this desert. Where you had no social capital. Yeah. And I just had a couple good friends. It was a nice child. I'm not saying it was bad, but it was very like my mind just was like... I wanted to go back. Yeah, super code switchy. Some of the coolest people I've ever met are from the desert. Yeah. It breeds like an interesting kind of person. Well, also the environment, although appealing for a weekend vacation, it's a hostile environment. Sometimes 120 degrees. Yeah. Is your father Chaldean? No, he's Iraqi. So he's from Baghdad. But I don't think he's Chaldean. No, I'm like, I should know that. Was he Christian? Muslim. So... The Christian Iraqis are Chaldeans. Right, and in Michigan, right. we have an enormous population yes. of Chaldeans. I've shot a bunch of movies like near Detroit. I fucking love Detroit so much. Yeah, it has one of the biggest populations like outside of Iraq. Iraq. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the biggest population and highest concentration. Yeah. Okay, so he's not Chaldean. I got really excited that yeah. maybe I would, I would have been the first person you met in LA that knew what that your father knew what that was. Word, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what aspect of childhood did that bring to it? Because Monica's father's from India. Is your mom yeah. Indian too? Mm hmm. So my mom was born and raised in L.A. and New York because her dad was the actor. I was never any religion, but culturally we were everything. She's like French and Norwegian or something wild. Yeah, she's Norwegian, Irish, and Sicilian. Her whole family is like from New Orleans, like we're super rich family there too, who weirdly also owned nightclubs because that's what my parents do. They own a strip club. Oh, no. no. Yeah. Wow. How could that that's not have been? That almost never came out. How come that's, that's not so in the fucking yeah. research? I love your parents now so much. Yeah, they're really much. bad. I'm trying to write something about it right now, yeah. actually. Yeah. You got to. Were you in and out of the establishment ever? My dad was so strict. He was just like, you have to be 21. Whereas my brothers, I know, popped in there before they were 21. Sometimes I see the dancers. They used to have like a little lingerie store next door in the little shopping center. And they'd pop in. It's like I was very much around it. But it wasn't until I was literally 21. I took my friend who was a gay guy. And of course, he was bored. He was like playing pool the whole time. (laughs) But it was like the first time I actually was like in there when it was open. And there was this moment where I was talking to my dad. And he was like talking to me about my schedule. He was just like, so you fly to New York on Friday? And then this girl comes over and she asks about her schedule. And she was like younger than me and like really hot in like a string bikini, you know? And she was just like, so my schedule. And he was like, yeah, 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 Friday. But anyway, and then he goes back and starts talking to me about my schedule. My whole life had weirdly cracked open. And I was like, is this why I am how I am? (laughs) Sure, that's a big clue. When you tell your therapist that story, they pull out their notebook. Right. Oh, for sure. Here we go. We we got some references. I mean, that had to affect your perception of sexuality. Yeah. I think a big part of it was this idea of like, 
I'm cool. I have sex like a dude. You know, that whole yeah. persona of confident girls when they're young being like, I don't give a shit. You know, like used to brag about it when I was even younger. I was like, my dad owns the strip club. And like, I didn't even know what that meant. And they were too young. They were like 14. Like, what? they're not going to go to the club. Well, it's dangerous. Yeah. Like, it's punk rock. Totally. But again, then my dad coached our soccer team. Like, he was so present mm. as a dad. And that was like the biggest priority. But what was funny is because he was Muslim and came from like such a different culture and then landed in Hollywood where he met my mom. And then that's the only business that they knew. He was a bar back. My mom was a waitress at the body shop on Sunset. Back up. For yeah, yeah. Pause wow, for half a second. So riveted. Not to psychoanalyze mom, but dad is yeah. an Emmy nominated actor with some public forward facing persona her father and then she grabs a job over at a strip club there's a lot there i'm pulling out my notepad for that little wrinkle she went to law school dropped out and was like this isn't for me she was raised like a princess his career was shit so he didn't really have money by the time she was out of college and she was raised like this princess who was like super well educated like uh where's my you know what happened (laughs) where's my trust fund yeah exactly (laughs) She talks about their romance. It was very like, you know, my dad barely spoke English, but he had such a strong spirit and was like, I will succeed. Came with like no money in his pocket. And my mom was used to hanging around a very different kind of people. So when she met him, she was like, oh, this isn't the guy I'm going to marry, but I'll kind of teach you. I'll take you under my wing kind of Ah. vibe. And he was like in love with her right away. And they have a really beautiful balance because they're very yin and yang. Like my dad's strengths or my mom's weaknesses and vice versa. Mm. Do you think your mom was drawn to that world because it was like in opposition to what she was supposed to do? The way she talks about it is that like he was kind of like a spiritual guide for her, even if that sounds Mm. strange. Like he weirdly taught her the importance of things. My dad's like a very honest good person so yeah it was so different from the world of superficiality and some fame like she was very triggered by fame because it kind of messed up her family when she was young by the time it came back around where all of a sudden she has a kid who wants to be in it she was very like hollywood's the devil your kids are gonna end up owning a strip club in the (laughs) desert if you pursue this (laughs) (laughs) it's cool now thinking back on them meeting as they were young i'm like so rad she had to be attracted by the uniqueness and the novelty of him totally Yeah. yeah He was a very positive. Sometimes in like the Hollywood of it all, whatever, there can be a very strong negativity, a pull of like comparing yourself to others and not being valuable. And my dad was like, we're here. We're alive. Let's make stuff. You know, very positive person. Well, he had just crossed the world to do something. Yeah. And it was a struggle to get here. Okay. Now here's where we're going to transition very softly into (laughs) an area that you're going to hate, which is I'm going to tell you how much I like your acting. I find myself pretty judgmental of performers who I can tell have never been anything but performers. The difference of like life experience versus yes. just experiencing like showing off. When I watch you, I can feel that. Like I feel oh, that you. a so nice. part of your life is acting. I don't even feel like it's the most significant part of your life. Yes. Or identity God. maybe is a better <laughs> way to say it. I definitely don't connect to it being my main identity. I do really love doing it. But the actual period of time of actual acting compared to all the other stuff to get there, they kind of like outweigh. So when you say you're like an actor, it's like you have to really love all the other stuff. And like I haven't been on set in a minute. You know, I I did like two jobs this summer and they both came out. So I was promoting it, but I haven't actually been on set, which is my actual work. Right. Showing up in the morning. Getting ready. Learning most of your lines. Yeah, the majority of it. (laughs) Ideally taking a poop in the morning. Probably not. Which will dictate how good you are the rest of the (laughs) day. Literally. Oh my God, it haunts me. But then like putting on the clothes and like the whole thing, you know, and like really feeling it in my body and stuff and trying to create an authentic moment. It brings me a lot of like 
tension and like stress and it's like never enough and tightness very tight in my body and emotionally i'm like always on the edge because i feel like that's the place i get to when i'm doing a job it's exhausting i agree with you for me i've got to like step over all these things to do it it kind of messes with your psyche a little bit after a while i just noticed when i was younger i was like a job's a job i'm like i get a job i do it and now i'm like i don't need all the money in the world like i'm good yeah and i'm like so i'm okay right now thank god and I just am like, I don't want to do stuff unless I'm like, oh, I actually need to express this in my body. And I really think I would be helpful to this story. Like, I think it actually is important to make. But those are sometimes few and far between because it does feel like if I'm not doing other stuff, I'm like, what am I pulling from? I have no energy. If I go job to job and I'm just like on another set, which a lot of people I know do. And I just couldn't. I'm like so tapped after I do a job. I'm like. Yeah, you don't have the endurance for I, that. I don't have it as much as I used to. And also the show Search Party that I love making. You know, we did five years of it and we just finished it. And I love it so much, but it is such an endurance thing. And then I had a moment where I started to learn where I'm like, I don't have to do that to get the best performance, I don't think. Right. I don't have to, like, destroy myself because it's not sustainable. That's also a confidence thing. Yeah. Trusting that you can do it without it, yeah. Yeah, like, I got to do a movie with Robert Duvall and Robert Downey was also in it. Two actors who I, I can't imagine being as good as. And watching how they did it, there was none of that stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're, they weren't grinding. They had patience. They had their own pace. And then I'm standing next to other actors that have like, they've been working on this role for six months. They're living in character. Yeah. And they're all great. Everyone's great in the movie. But I just was like, hmm, I'm more attracted to that version. Totally. Where it's like, I just show up and like, I let things happen. Yeah, like a flow, like a river more. Like I want to get like where I'm comfortable with it. And then in order to do that, I need to have a full life outside of it. Where it's like, I don't like feel better just because I know I have a job. That used to be a big thing when I was younger. I was like... I'm not working. I'm not working. Who am I? And like, I would just like fall apart. And I was just like, I can't keep doing this myself. Like my whole confidence is whether I'm like, I get a guest spot on JAG or something. You know, yeah. like, first job, by the way, 99, yeah. good job. <laughs> 11 years old. Yeah, Jag. I was already there at 11. Yeah. I have a question about that because we just interviewed David Arquette. Oh, yeah. And he talks a lot about that like group in the 90s, like Leo DiCaprio and him and, you know, that movie Kid 90. Soleil Moonfry's yes. home yes. videos of that whole time. Yes. Oh, yeah. right, right, right. And you see all these like people and it's so specific, the vibe and the energy. And I feel like there's a similar group of your age. Did you guys have a crew? We definitely had a crew. I mean, with May, we had we had a crew. I mean, your I, first series regular was with May on a show called State of Grace, right? Yes, uh-huh. yeah, mm-hmm. which was like a wonder years for girls. Such a good show. Two We're seasons. Trying to get it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like two and a half seasons. Back when they would be like, "Did you get the pickup or whatever?" Yeah, you know, yeah. like get a half TVs order or whatever. so much. Yeah, but it's such a good show. It's like in the '60s, so we were like 13 years old, dressed up in '60s clothes, and just like it's like an adventure. Like two best friends. It's really like wholesome well-written show and then Frances McDormand was like my Daniel Stern you know like did the voiceover of me and I'm Jewish I didn't know that was Daniel Stern that narrated Wonder Years okay neither did I but I don't even know who Daniel Stern is I did two context clues come on now you did I know I was just slower to it (laughs) but yeah there was a crew crew? and what was the vibe of that Sarah Ramos I mean and then our friend Landon Pig Oh, love Landon Pig. That crew, we used to hang out like every day. But, but it, I still trip out. I mean, Michael Angarano. I think I trip out on it now because now I'm like 32 and I like, I know so many 
people that I've known for like a minute now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not just like, we're all just here. We're all meeting at the party. I was like, I knew you and you were like 21 years old. And now this other generation that's actually in the early 20s, I'm like, what are you? Like, yeah. you're a whole other life form to me. But yeah, that crew, I mean, we used to hang out all the time. I used to live in Silver Lake in this um, little apartment. And it just felt like early 20s time. We were just like hang out every day. And you're like watching every shit. meal, yeah, yeah. watching yeah. like Saved by the Bell, getting stoned, yeah. going in the roof, and it was just like the most fun oh, ever. And all we like do was, <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of that. <laughs> Me coming home like, the next day, being like, "Yes, you are." Are you at all a trophy hunter? I'm embarrassed to say I have been in the past. A trophy hunter, like, yeah, uh, like sexually? Yeah, like. Like if someone I had evaluated as having way more status than me, right? Like I, I was attracted to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, okay, I okay. Did yeah, that. yeah. Okay, good, oh, yeah. good, good, good. No, I was definitely like the person at brunch. Like I was the Samantha, if you will, <laughs> which I really had to like get out of. I was like, I can't be Samantha forever. Neither could Samantha. You know, exactly. Yeah. She had to get out. Um, <laughs> she had to quit the game. <laughs> she had to quit the game. Okay, now to continue on the path of, of flattering you in a way you'll hate. I like it. Okay, good. So one, one <laughs> thing is the authenticity. That's a thing I'm attracted to. The other thing is, and I think I got to tell you this, actually, when I saw Cedar Rapids. Yeah, yeah. Because I had seen Arrested Development, and that's a very specific thing you have to do on that show. Mm -hmm. Admittedly, I was watching it because I was just did a movie with Arnett. So I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah. trying to find out who Arnett is. That's why I'm watching it, because I hadn't seen it. And of course, it's fucking brilliant. But I'm probably focusing on him and then Bateman, who I kind of look up to. You're maybe below my radar at that point because I'm just looking at these people Kid I want to be dude. like. Yeah, actually, thank God I wasn't observing you all that much. <laughs> I just wasn't. But then in Cedar Rapids, you do a thing that is very hard for me to do. You have a pacing that I also love in certain comedians, which is to have the confidence to live in the awkwardness before you relieve everyone with the joke. And that is something I really admire in great stand-ups is like that confidence and calmness and pace. It's very comforting as an observer because you're like, they're so confident, they got me. Exactly, you're never afraid. That's yeah. exactly I it. I feel that way with good actors when I'm like, oh, they're on screen, like we're gonna be okay. Yeah, we're good. Mickey Rourke is here. Yeah, yeah, or like he's gonna make it something no matter what. They're not breaking the third wall, you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. I'm lost in it for a minute. So I think you have that. The reason I think it's bold as an actor is we're in a business of getting noticed and of being flashy. I don't find you to ever be trying to be flashy. And then the reward of that is when you give us something, you've created your own world of believability for me. And now when you give it to me, it's that much more impactful. So like Search Party, I became obsessed with Search Party when I started watching. Did May tell you the text I sent her? No. <laughs> I asked her permission to read it, but maybe I'll do it at the end. <laughs> Chris and I started binging it. And right out of the gates, I'm like, well, this is a show built around you. You had to be the first person cast. You probably helped develop it. You're probably very instrumental in the direction it goes. And you're the least shiny part of the show. Right, right. Initially, it's like your friend is fucking brilliant, the gay kid who- John Early, yeah. Yes, I mean, off the charts. Your boyfriend is incredible. John Riddle's Meredith Hagner, this genius who plays Portia. Yeah, so I see this group and I'm like, this is someone very confident because you're letting everyone shine. You're mostly setting people up or reacting to them. But then as the chaos ensues, now you start coming out and shining. And I'm like, oh, she earned the fuck out of all this. Like, <laughs> I'm now I'm Thank here you. for all this. Yeah. I have to give a lot of credit to the writing. Oh, I thought you were going to say the dolly operator. <laughs> I'm like, this guy, Jeff, he's just, 
him and I. Uh, but you know what? Yeah, great Dolly on our show, great crew. <laughs> but yeah, the the writing of that character was really. I was the first person, Kaz. I have been very involved on the show for a long time. But tonally, they really created a character that was like, you think I'm just the straight man. Yes. Or like, I'm playing it just like this subtle, like, I'm a wallflower and I don't, I'm just reactive and very natural, which was kind of my wheelhouse at the time. But it also felt funny because when we were first making it, I was like, are we on two different shows here? Mm. And we all felt that way. Like, John Early was like, we're really playing very different tones. And yet we're still listening. Like, the scenes weren't awkward to shoot. They were funny. And it created something unique. A rule I try to adhere to in screenwriting is like, you have two options. Either the world can be heightened and the characters yeah. can be real, or the characters can be heightened, but the world better be real. Like, you're what allows all those jokes for me to work. Because they would be annoying to me if the whole world was heightened and everything was yeah. loud. Right. Because you're actually the world. Now the characters can be heightened. Right. And then it gets to kind of switch, especially with this last season, where you flip the fucking script. Enlightened kind of like guru. And all of a sudden, I have more confidence. I'm just a little more like reaching out to that world, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it was really fun to play. When I think of Dory, I'm like, all I'm doing is just this, like thinking, like furring my brows, just like, what's going on? You know, everything's yeah. just like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then I, this final season, like, I do like, yeah. Because <laughs> it is funny. A lot of friends of mine are like, my partner's like, you're so goofy in real life, mm -hmm. which I you know, like to think I am. But on camera, I'm so composed sometimes. Yeah. So I'd ideally like to play something a lot goofier in the future that's always keeping it real, obviously, but to play out a little more. Because I do, as a performer, I try and strip it down of everything. So it just is like this core version. But sometimes that's a tame. Because like in life, you could be goofy and expressive. You don't think about it, obviously, because it's not selling a story. <laughs> also, in this likely isn't the case for you but it is for me which is Nicolas Cage was my favorite performer when I was a kid like yeah. just obsessed with him he's amazing and I read every interview he's in and he had this great interview while promoting Face Off which is it was not until he did Face Off and he saw Travolta do an impersonation of him that he realized he had any uniqueness right that he and has like a like, thing what are you talking about how could <laughs> you not and so that is the first time he realized he was enough right and then if you look at his work retrospectively, you can see someone who didn't really think they were enough, which graded all these incredible performances that I love. Yeah. I found myself going on that same ride where it's like it took me 18 years of doing it before I could just go like, I'm totally enough. That's why I feel like some people who've never acted before sometimes to give the best performances because- They don't even know how to do a character. They don't even know. They're like, I'm not putting anything in it. They have a good director and they get really comfortable. Or kids, they can't overthink it. Exactly, yeah. and they're just showing their pure self. And if you have a director that allows them to feel comfortable and you capture it, that's what's more disarming. It's like everyone's unique and special and has this like thing you want to see inside. But that's why like actors, quote unquote, can be really bad because if you could catch somebody acting, yeah, you're like, eh. Yeah. I do love actors like Nicolas Cage or people who are, I always think of Alan Cumming for some reason, who's oh, like such a great so actor and you're like, he was like in Spy Kids and then he can do something really serious and be like, do cabaret, like all these really big and yet it still always has the connection in the middle. Kate Blanchett too. Yeah, she could be so big. Yeah, sometimes you're like, this is overacting, but it's not. Never is. There's something in her eye that's like, this yeah. makes sense to me. I'm going to give <laughs> Cooper yeah. that same compliment. It's like pretty radical different characters in everything, yet running it through at least one part of himself so that it's always. Yeah, and that's the technique, I think. So like try to be authentic, but then if you can build that, that takes work. Yeah. Stay tuned for more Armchair Expert. 
if you dare. We are supported by BetterHelp. Listen, I understand that sometimes you want to keep things to yourself, process your emotions in your own time. But if you keep everything bottled up, it can have some serious consequences. I have therapy on Saturday. I'm really looking forward to it. I had therapy this morning. Yeah, you did. Yeah, and it put me in the greatest mood. We had a long, big day, and I just felt much better for having you were some... not to out you. You were a little grumpy going in. I was. I was. I was to be Rob specific. and I received some texts this Yeah, I was morning. locked out of my therapy setting, which is this attic. <laughs> but then you felt much better after. I felt much better, and I even made some apologies. Um, talking things out can be so helpful, and if you want a safe space for that conversation, I recommend therapy. Check out BetterHelp if you've been thinking of trying therapy. It's entirely online, convenient, and flexible. It's also easy to get started. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for any reason for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DAX today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DAX. We are supported by ZipRecruiter. Are there some fantastic concerts coming to your city this summer? Mine too. In fact, Anderson Pack's playing at the Hollywood Bowl. I can't wait for Ooh, it. Ooh, that's exciting. If you want to be sure to see your favorite artist, you need to jump on it right away. I've already DM'd him saying, yes, I got to be in that front row. When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. It's like if you're hiring for your business, you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. So what's the best way to do that? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash DAX. Got your eye on a rock star candidate? ZipRecruiter's invite to apply feature lets you cut the line. Once you review ZipRecruiter's list of the most qualified candidates for your job, you can easily invite your top choices to apply to encourage them to apply sooner. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash DAX. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash DAX. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. We are supported by Canva. Good presentations take time. Or they used to, because now you have Canva to help you make amazing slides fast. I'm talking like seconds, thanks to the power of AI in Canva presentations. All you have to do is start with a prompt like a sales presentation for a tech company, then sit back and let Canva work its magic. It's incredible what AI is doing. I'm seeing all kinds of image generated. I follow I these architectural websites that it's all AI generated. It's just mind blowing what it comes up with. You just tell it. What you want and it'll do it. Boom. It's a time saver and it's easy for any department to use. And it's great for companies of any size. Even Fortune 500 companies rely on Canva. Finish your work faster and generate slides in seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. My very favorite moment of search party is when you finally hook up with that older dude. <laughs> Ron Livingston? Yes, 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 yes. Oh, Ron season. Livingston. Yes. Oh, yes. And so it's like, there's a moment post coital, like, 
Yeah. Elio's all in, right? This guy seems to be like have a whole thing going, and maybe it's going to be an exciting life. I can even like remember. He's like a sleuth. Yeah, private eye. Sriracha bottles everywhere. I remember I loved the set design. I was like, why is it so messy? And they're like, yeah, we just wanted to be like really gross in here. <laughs> so you can see it's kind of like the moment where it's like a love addict. Like they've built up an entirely fake persona for somebody. Yeah, yeah. And then post-coital, all of a sudden, like the glasses go on and you're like, oh, wow, this guy lives in a shithole, one bedroom <laughs> apartment. And now he's super needy as fuck. I wish I could yeah. remember. He has one line right out of the gates where you're like, oh, fuck. Now, okay, she's seeing exactly who he is. He has like a tattoo or something. It's like a rabbit <laughs> with sunglasses on. I don't know. It's like something. I'm like, oh, cool. And he's like, I'd tell you what it means, but it's a secret. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, oh boy. Oh. And he's like, man, I feel so alive. And he like gets up and he starts doing like push-ups or something. And I'm like, oh god, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> oh god, was that fantastic? And Livingston's a perfect person. So like good. That. Oh my god. Yeah, because he's so handsome. Yet he'll allow himself to be so dorky. Yeah. Oh, so good. He's brilliant. Okay, this is something I observe with May quite often, and I would have had a meltdown on set, which is. We're on parenthood. She's got the most seniority there. Like literally, if you do the math, she's been working since three. Yeah. So that puts her at like 19 years on sets. And Peter, Lauren, and I, I don't think have 19 years. Craig T. Nelson does, that's it. Her and Craig T. It's probably why their (laughs) scenes were the most magical, but they're treating her like a 20 year old girl. And I just kept thinking, this has to be maddening. And I wonder if you had that as well along the way. Definitely. It's gotten a lot better. Well, but you've gotten older. I've gotten older and also it's kind of like when you work with people of your, not just age group, but of your like similar sensibilities. Yeah, there's like a mutual respect. You know, like on Search Party, it was always so like valued. I was talking to my mom the other day. She's like counting the years, which she loves to do. Um, And she was like, you've been doing this almost 25 years. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, time for me to quit while I'm ahead. But- no, it's definitely happened on sets for sure. I mean, even recently I got in a fight with like a, you know, second AD <laughs> oh, or whatever. Yeah. And this guy was like my age, a little older, but he was acting like he fucking knew what he was doing and he just wasn't doing his job. And I wasn't right. being rude, but we got in like a whole thing and I almost got like canceled. You know, it was like this whole thing where I was like, I was like, I'm not allowed to say, dude, no, you're fucking up. I know. I just, it's like, it's like the back of my hand, this kind of shit. And it was very like, I have to be delicate to talking to blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, you're in a position obviously be respectful and people on set. I always am. But anyways, I mean, I'm still heated about it, obviously. (laughs) Well, uh, probably because the undercurrent is like, if I had said it, no issue. Damn straight. I'm a strong man with boundaries and you are a a bitch. bitch, I'm the the producer and the star of this show. (laughs) And you're acting like you know what you're doing. And I respect if you're doing your job right. But when you have no time, you know, it's very stressful on sets. And that does happen sometimes. But it also, like, it was a learning lesson for me because I was really frustrated with this person and I thought they were failing in the moment and I was trying to fix it. And I had a moment where I was like, you know what? It isn't my job to fix that. I need to talk to another producer and be like, see what's happening there? Let's not have that happen again tomorrow because we're losing time. Instead of emotionally getting drawn into it where I was just like, must fix now because I do get a little like, I know how to do everything and no one's listening to me. Once you trigger mine and Monica's sense of justice, like everyone watch out. Like as soon as I think I have a just cause, pretty much (laughs) nuclear options on the table. Totally. I'm like that too. On a set, honestly, only on a set. It's not about your feelings right now. You know, I'm a little that guy. I'm like, it's about getting the shot. It's a job. It's a job. Yeah, we're working here. It's like, 
everyone's obviously very sensitive and we have to be respectful on sets and stuff, but I've seen people be so messy on sets and so disrespectful on sets. And I don't support that, but it's funny when they think, I'm like, all I'm trying to do is get their shot. I thought that's what you cared about. For me personally, I'm not going to speak for you, but the job in itself is scary. You're going to be vulnerable. You have the only job on set that the whole crew is going to watch you fail at seven times. Right. We don't ever see someone lay dolly track incorrectly seven times while everyone and stares. We're all watching and go, quiet, quiet, everybody yes. quiet. And we know we're not going to lunch because that person isn't laying the dolly track. Right, right. For me, I have a certain fear on a set. And so basically I want everyone else to do the thing so that we can do the scary thing safely. For sure. I wish I hadn't gotten so upset, you know, but I do get the defensive kind of like, because I'm a woman, you think that I sure. can like blah, blah, blah. Well, that's what I was going to then follow up the age thing, I imagine, compounded by the female aspect. But you've also been in like almost solely dude casts. Mm. And then you find yourself like in a more female driven world on Search Party. And then also you do this movie, Being the Ricardos, which is telling the story of obviously like probably the first female mogul in Hollywood who owned her show and stuff. Totally. So when you find yourself in those worlds, what are the pros and cons of that? I mean, kind of growing up on uh, Arrested Development was like very male, <laughs> very Yo, male yeah, energy. Yeah. Me and Michael talk about it, like sharpened our sensibility of our humor. I think without us even being aware, like being at table reads, not fully getting jokes, being like, we'll get it on the day. We'll figure it out. We're like 14. We're like, I guess it's funny. Like these innuendos about me sitting on his lap. I was like, I know it's something sexual, I guess. Well, how about when you say something and everyone laughs, but you don't know why they yeah, laughed? Yeah, that happened a lot. But I mean, that show it did really sharpen me and, and shape me so much. But looking back, I always felt like I was never funny enough. Loud enough, yeah. big enough. And it was always like, hi, Elia. You know, like high pitched voice. And I was like, well, you were all joking around five minutes ago. And then I walked up <laughs> yeah. and everybody got like, no, no, the, yeah. the little girls here. Were you guys talking here. about nipple clamps yeah. and fucking uh, amyl nitrate? My folks own a strip club. Yeah, like, I was like, uh, I'm up for this shit. <laughs> and also, if you think about it at that time, I had already been doing it for so long. So it's like, you know, all those things kind of play into it. Whereas like, definitely when you're on more female driven sets, but also just like minded sets where it's like all different kinds of people. Like, I mean, being the Ricardos was an amazing experience. But it kind of reminded me more of, of like Arrested Development. So it's like Aaron Sorkin. And I'm just like, okay, here I am. I just quietly sit here. And when it gets to me, I'll say my line. And it, it was so different. I was like, I went to Search Party right afterwards. And I was like, so different. Where we're all just more like, just really chewing loose. up the scenery and loose. Exactly. Which yeah. is, I'm like, that's how I work best. And doing a movie that, that was that big with all these big movie stars was like super cool for me. It was like a challenge. But I definitely wasn't loose. Right, 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 right. <laughs> it's not like, let's try some stuff, Aaron. Huh? You, you know. <laughs> so this line here, wouldn't it be funnier if I flipped? Oh, you think God. about me improvising? <laughs> yeah, I wrote a little something. <laughs> Did Arrested Development enhance this cool guy thing? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it had to have, 100%. like being around all those guys. And yeah, and literally that would happen. You know, they were very sweet to me, but... They'd even tease Michael and then not me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it's because I'm a girl. And yeah. like, it's so unfair because I'm funny. And I had a tough skin. And I had brothers. So I was very like tomboy, trying to be cool. Like, I don't care. Yeah. But inside, I was like, please like me. 
I fucked my sister up that way too. My younger sister. It's like you end up modeling a dude. Yeah. Strength comes with uh, masculinity. And femininity seems like weakness when you're yeah. young. You know, so for all of us. Yeah, like that's it's how we're killing trained. us. I know it's killing everybody. It's like the mother's actually strong, but she's being <laughs> weak. And the, dad the dad is like can never be weak and is yeah. dying inside. <laughs> exactly. and he the- can never cry. <gasps> no, and he's always leaving the house, and you're like the outside world's better. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Escape he's home. He's safer yeah. out there without the emotions. <laughs> totally. Now that's such a good call because I look back on like not recently, but a while ago I was like looking back at diaries I had from when I was at that time, and I was so not sad but i was so desperate for their approval yeah which is like so funny because you know now i'm like i don't give a shit but i'm like at that time i really was like i have a scene tomorrow i really hope they think i'm funny yeah and it was such a like smart guy crew yeah like the top comedians like when you're around like will and jason all them they would just like joke on set offset and i'll give arnett this compliment which is there isn't a funnier person on a set. Their bidding in between is like insane. He's a world-class bidder. And then being 15 around that and being like, do I look fat in this outfit? My boobs were growing in and like all my sweaters would like tug right here. And I was just obsessively like. The tugger? Yeah, do you I watch um, tugger. I think you should leave me. Oh yeah. Do you remember the tummy yeah. tugger? And it's a handle on shirts for guys who always tug their shirts away from their belly. It's so fucking good. You want to read your text from May? Yeah. I want you to know that I have to preface this by saying this text was written while laying next to my wife, okay? So just know (laughs) that, like, you're safe, okay? But I voice dictated this text to Meg, and you know I call her BB, and she calls me (laughs) Dee. So I said, BB, please don't let this arouse any jealousy in your heart, as you know you have always been my number one fantasy wife. But I'm watching Search Party, and I'm developing a carnal craving to make out with your friend. Can she and I do a short together or something about kissing or a Kay's jeweler commercial? <laughs> Listen to this fucking response from May. Oh, my God. May is one of the best texters out There's there, none by better. the way. There's none better. She writes, I cannot argue with these notions. Alia is quite the woman, notoriously sensual. Men die at her feet. Although, <laughs> Didi will have to strap on his thickest socks to fill the shoes of thou whost comest before. <laughs> Damn it. Ah. That's amazing. Whoa. Wow. She's too what? good at texting. I know. I like I feel like that should be in the Smithsonian that response. I know. Sometimes I'm like <laughs> our Jeez. back and forth. I'm like, we should print this. So I was like, yes. I was like, this is some sharp writing right here. Yeah, she got Shakespearean <laughs> on me there for yeah. a minute. Wow. I was pulling in themes and <laughs> So good. Well, anyways, I wanted to read you that text because that happened in January of 2020. So that's when we were really railing through. (laughs) And so the fifth season of Search Party is out currently, yes? Yes. HBO Max. It's a TBS show, which that's incongruous. Mixed messages. Mixed that's messages. Mixed messages. <laughs> that's a oh, major mixed message that totally. search parties on TVS. No, but it TBS, makes it more yeah. interesting to me. God bless TBS. Yes. I love them. First two seasons were on TBS. And then what happened was the show wasn't on air for two years because they were like, we're transitioning. HBO Max is going to be this new thing. And I was like, HBO Max? What a name. I yeah. was like, no one's going to watch this. And I was like, I watched HBO Max all the time. Almost yeah. exclusively. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now like everything is streamers. Everything's just changed so much with television. 
It's like, yeah. if you're not a streamer, like, what are you, I guess? No one even has cable anymore. Exactly. I remember Arrested was like on Fox. We go to these like Fox parties and you think oh. about it, it's like the 1920s. Just like money, just like pouring everywhere. Oh. Remember all the events? Uh, upfronts. I tried to explain to the listeners what Upfronts is. Upfronts does suck. But like, it's crazy when you look back. It was like Wolf Blitzer with a drone, you know? I'm like, <laughs> is this actually happening? I was like, I'm having like an acid trip. <laughs> but like the amount of money and indulgence of stuff back then yes. around TV. They'd just be like, it's a holiday party. I was like, it's July. They're like, whatever. Yeah. It was crazy. And now I'm like, we don't even get like anything. They were like, you're going to do a Zoom. Good. Thank God. And they would just invite all the actors. I mean, me and Michael were really young at that time. And we would just be sitting in the corner with cranberry juice. Mine with Kitty ice. Cocktails. Him without. Yeah. <laughs> literally, that was our drink. His was like, neat. Yeah, his was neat, literally. <laughs> We'd always make a joke. We would just like do pranks onto like the OC cast was around oh, a lot at sure. that time. You know, it was like, I dare you to go up to so-and-so. Because it was just like the weirdest celebrities and people. And they would happen all the goddamn time. And some very weird cross-pollination would always be happening. Because the network would always have some Hail Mary pass that would involve like, a football player's got a show. Totally, or totally. this senator's now got a show. So that yeah. would be in the mix, too. Yeah, very strange. But yeah, HBO Max. Yeah. We love it. <laughs> we love it now, whatever it is. We love it. I've complained in the past about their sign-in mix. I feel like they make me sign in over and over again more than the other ones. They do. And I do think they're maybe the best streamer from my estimation, them and Netflix. I watch them the most, weirdly. Yeah. Not just because Search Party's on it. And that's why like, it hits that much harder, because I'm like, yeah. you guys have the Cadillac, so let's just make this thing very easy to sign into. Yeah. I was watching when I had COVID a little while ago. Oh, congratulations. I was like, thank you. Which variant? I think it was the new one. Oh, good. <laughs> nice and good fresh. Yeah. <laughs> but I watched all the old Sex in the City again from oh, the beginning. so great. It was so fun. But it did resign me in every like third episode, and I felt guilty, because it was like the thing that Netflix had, you know, it's like still watching. It was like that vibe where they're like, well, we're going to sign you out because you can't keep watching. And I was like, I am consistently watching TV all day today. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I was like eight hours yeah. at least. I was like, so don't sign me out anymore. Yeah, I've got an ounce of kind buds yeah. <laughs> in my lab and this forever. shit's getting watched. Were you ever on Friends? Was I on Friends? Yeah, like May was. No, I know. I was like, what a crazy statement. But I was like, yeah, no, May was. <laughs> I don't even think it was still on air when okay. it started. 2004. Maybe. 99, Jack. Oh. Could have happened. See, that's why I had to ask. Also, no, HBO Max, Friends. Oh, do you know that she was on fucking Ron Mars? Yes, with Michael Sarah. Wait, I saw that today what? and I'm like, when? Which episode? What? I get raped. Oh, and I right. had a bald cap. <gasps> was that, it season oh, three? Fuck, you have cancer. No, the guy rapes me and <gasps> shaves my head. head. Oh my god, that yes. was his thing. I remember the ball cap Ew, because it was I like hated that. it was like a ball cap but with a hair coming through. And I remember the hairdresser being like, "Never shave your head." <laughs> and I was like, "What?" Like he was oh. like saying like the shape of my head was weird. I was like, "Okay." And uh, like Michael was in the same episode, which was like I guess the writers being like, "Yeah, it's funny." Wink, wink. But yeah, but his bit was like a nice scene with Kristen where they're like talking, whatever. And then I was like, "I get raped." Oh my god. I had to make out with someone and I had my head get shaved. Shit. Like, at least it was fake, but like the fake bald cap. I was like, I'm going through a lot in this episode. That season was intense. Kristen almost got raped. <laughs> Kristen always <laughs> talks about this. She, she was like roofied like a couple dozen times in yeah. three years on that show. Like, she could not trust a glass anywhere near her. I do remember, like, there's so many scenes of like, kissing when yeah. you're like 15, 16. Because me and Michael used to have to do all these kissing scenes and I, every day we'd have to do it. We wouldn't talk. Oh, we were like best oh, friends. God. But the day we had a kissing scene, we wouldn't talk all day. And then we'd do the scene and then afterwards we're like, okay, anyways. And we like get back to it. But on that episode of Veronica Mars, I had to kiss this guy who was like an actor. He was very sweet, but I was so, he was older than me. How old were you? 
I was like 16 maybe, and he was like 19. It was like nerve wracking for me. And like the idea is we have to show the opening moment before I get raped. So it's like a kiss and a tumble. And I'm like wearing a mini skirt. I just remember being like, oh, please God. Like I was such a virgin. I was like a late bloomer. So I was just like, I'm so scared. Like I was really nervous about it. But Kristen was so cool. I remember she used to have hot water with lemon, which I thought was like so chic. That was before I got her hooked on caffeine and nicotine. Yeah. Yeah, she was I very healthy. I fucked her up good. Yeah. Yeah. That didn't last. Well, <laughs> What's funny is when we first started dating, she had already done that show. Right. And again, like the Arnett thing where I was like, I owe it to him to watch Arrested Development. I was like, I'm going to have to watch that fucking Teenage Sleuth show she's on. Right. No, but it's really well written. Oh, my God. We were shooting another movie in New York, and I said, okay, now's the time for me to watch this show. Literally, to get through this show is so what fun, I thought. So though, when you start dating someone, and then you have this whole show to watch of her? Like, yes. how cool. Well, then, like, so I got to episode three, and I was in the bedroom. Obviously, she's not watching it with me. And she comes in, and she's like, so we can meet so-and-so at the spot I pick. And I go, shut the Fuck off, Ron is about to like <laughs> blow this shit. Like I was, I couldn't, I was like, I was watching Sopranos. Yeah, I love yeah. that show. That's so awesome. Mixed messages. Mixed messages. That's right. You think it's one way, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Flip that shit 180. Well, Alia, um, adore you, admire your, your work style, your tone, your flow. Your skincare. It's your freckles. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, thanks, guys. All right. I love you. Yeah. This was really fun. I'm this glad. Is it, it's fun. a good first podcast experience? Great first podcast. Okay, good, <laughs> good, good, good. do this forever. Okay, great. That's how good we fun. feel. Well, um, for anyone who wanted to cast Ellie and I in the same thing, maybe in this Kay's commercial, like make it far away if you want us to be on time. begins with All right. Adore you. You too. Thank you. Stay tuned for more Armchair Expert, if you dare. We are supported by Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Mm. Ooh. Myrtle Beach, I have so much nostalgia. Me too. I did a spring break in Myrtle yes. Beach. Yes. Did you guys used to go there from Georgia? Yeah. Mm. It was a very common beach destination. Ugh. Long sun-drenched days, live music every night, and 60 miles of uninterrupted coastline to enjoy. The beach truly is where your best self comes out. Combine that with the irresistible aroma of fresh seafood, southern classics, and local low country cuisine from over 2,000 restaurants, and you've got yourself the perfect vacation. You belong at the beach, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Plan your trip at visitmyrtlebeach.com. That's visitmyrtlebeach.com. If you listen for a while, AG1 shouldn't be new to you. What's not new to me, I've been a fan for over six years. I have it every morning. I had it this morning. But if you haven't tried it yet, seriously, it's such an easy way to improve your health. It replaces multiple health supplements like multivitamins, digestive aids, immune support, and more in just one simple scoop. In 60 seconds... I know I'm covering my nutritional bases and setting myself up for success to tackle the day. And for how simple it is, it's crazy what a difference it makes. It's full of prebiotics for my gut, vitamin B to keep my energy up, magnesium for my stress levels. I could keep listening to ingredients and benefits all day, but you just need to know it works. So I've partnered with AG1 for so long because they make such a high quality product that I genuinely look forward to drinking every day. If you want to find out your newest healthy habit, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase at drinkag1.com slash DAX. That's drinkag1.com slash DAX. Check it out. We are supported by Taco Bell. Oh, man. We often 
do two recordings a day and we have this little nice lunch break that we enjoy and we're always craving something really yummy. Yes, something fresh, something high quality, something like the all new cantina chicken menu from Taco Bell, which is Mm. exactly that. Mm. It's so yummy. It has slow roasted chicken, the pico, that purple cabbage and an avocado verde salsa sauce. Oh, delicious. Outrageous. The new Cantina Chicken Tacos, Burrito, and Quesadilla are the perfect daytime choice. Try the new Cantina Chicken menu at Taco Bell now. And now my favorite part of the show, the fact check with my soulmate, Monica Padman. What is this ring? I bought this ring. Tell me about that ring. It's from Fox and Bond. Okay. Which is a jeweler okay um it's gorgeous thank you and it sparkled like crazy yeah and i don't think i notice jewelries it has diamonds in it oh my god they're <laughs> a girl's best friend uh-huh wow it's really elegant thank you it's vintage it is mm-hmm. oh my lord yeah callie's friend sunny she owns this company with somebody else and you know callie's getting married and yeah, so congratulations. Sunny. Congratulations. The best thigh won. That's right. <laughs> so she brought jewelry for Callie to try on. And and then while that happened, I asked for some pieces to try on too. Sure, of course. It was a shopping situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also got these earrings. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You're ready to go back to India. I know. Yeah, you just need some more gold. Well, I used to be scared about too much jewelry because I didn't want to be so um, Indian. Indian. Yeah. But I'm over that now. Right. No, it's time. Yeah. The time is now. So speaking of your uh, Indian heritage, I had posted a picture of myself in my shelter punk rock shirt. Yeah. Which Bob had found for me, which is great because my very favorite piece of merch ever from my punk rock days was this shelter merchandise, which was a Hare Krishna punk rock band. Mm -hmm. Their music, I was just whatever. That's not what I liked about them. Their merch was the best. Yeah. And so I post that picture. And then Neil hit me right away. He did. Yeah, he's like, damn, what is that? Like, he was on fire for it. Of course he was. And then when he learned that it was a Hare Krishna punk rock band, then he was really lit for it. Really? Yeah, yeah. Did he DM you? Yeah, yeah. Well, I follow him. Oh, my God, you've been chatting with my brother? Of course. Wow. I've been following him for some time. Years. So... He he's fired up. So good Christmas gift for you or That's birthday. A good gift. idea. I didn't get him a birthday gift. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I got him a really nice Christmas gift and then his birthday is really soon after. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. I love that you can give me ideas for my brother now. Well, it's the least I can do to repay you for your phenomenal gift guide. Chris, <laughs> gift, Christmas giving guide. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to do that. You again. need to brand it better, though. Not not to be critical. That's fine. I'll but like, notes. what did I just say? Your, your, your Christmas guide. Mm. Yeah. No, you need like a nice catchy thing. Okay. Right? Maybe you can help me with that part. Yeah. Mona Christmas. Oh. Mona Christmas guide. Okay. Make it one word, compound it. Okay. Yep. Mono Christmas guy. I don't hate that. It probably will look confusing written out, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see next year. We'll see at Christmas <laughs> we'll, time. We'll see in ten months. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about your sleep last night. <sighs> um and that doesn't sound like it's gonna be a good report, <gasps> a good update. 
it wasn't very good. Mm. I know. I'm 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 reticent to to acknowledge that mine wasn't either. Mm. But boy, was I up and down, up and down. The weirdest dreams. I mean, this is so reoccurring. I constantly am supposed to be flying somewhere, and I don't know how to get there. And time is running out, and my phone is broken. Huh. Yeah, compounded with I also was working for shows and shoots again. So it's like I had to fly to a city to um, wash cars. And then the other thing was happening was, and this is like a vestigial showbiz anxiety thing. It was like I ran into an executive. Mm -hmm. It was a female executive. I think I was, she was reminding me very much of Sue Kroll, who was an executive at Warner Brothers. I liked her a lot. And so this person was very Sue Kroll-esque. And then she was saying that she like liked my show. And then I realized like, oh, uh, yeah, that's right. I make a show for, at that studio. And then I remembered and, and it was canceled. Mm. Huh, that's like, <laughs> and, and then I found myself like trying to explain to her why I thought it didn't work out. I guess it's just a chip's failure dream. But now it, it, it transitioned into I was on a show. Part of it is I, I think... I have had many thoughts about show business over the last year. Yeah. And one of them was, and I voiced it, the thing that like excited me about show business is that you could be in Happy Gilmore and or you name the comedy mm-hmm. and you'd repeat it for years. Everyone would have learned all the funny jokes. And yeah. that's how movies were when I grew up. So yeah. like you could be in something that somehow was like indelible. Is that the word? Or, yeah. Yeah. And- because movies aren't a thing anymore, and you're like, oh, well, okay, so that thing's gone. And then it kind of transitioned, well, you, maybe you could be in Breaking Bad. Like, that would be equally as exciting and memorable. And, and yeah. you know. But the downside of how much amazing television we have is they kind of get forgettable. Mm. Like, I don't think anyone's going to go watch Breaking Bad, really. There's so many fucking good options. Yeah. It's like I can't even keep up with the shows I love. And then I just thought, well, then I guess then it's just a job, which maybe it should have always been just a job. I don't know. Just something weird has become obscured by the way the business has evolved. Interesting. Right. I guess it's hard for something to be iconic anymore. Because of the, the volume, I think. Yes, it's just changing your mindset of not needing it, to, not needing to be in something iconic, just being in something you like or that's enjoyable to do. Ultimately, it's probably healthy, right? Because it's only yeah. about like, oh, I want to go work with those people and have fun doing that thing. But it just something's evolved or yeah. changed. Yeah. Or maybe I just got older. I don't know. I don't it's know. It's curious either. because people are still making movies and I just, I would prefer to see it. TV show. Like, if I like something, I want to watch 10 of it or ideally 100 of it. Yeah, me too. Or you could just watch the same movie over and over again. Right. That's also an option. Right. Moneyball. Yeah. I saw him walking yesterday. Here? Yesterday? Yeah, by uh, the bourgeoisie pig. The Oh. Oh, wow. I've heard he's been at mess hall. No. Yeah. <gasps> oh, my God. I know. It's exciting. Oh, my God. Um. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, my Lord. So I have some updates. Okay, hit me with some uppies. One is I started making a lasagna a couple nights ago, way too late. At night? Yeah, like I started it at seven. That's too late. I didn't really think it would be that much too late, but then it wasn't ready to go into my mouth until 10. 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because you have to cook it. It does a twice cook. Oh, it does. First cook with aluminum foil. Then you remove the oh, foil. Oh, and let get that crisp on top. Exactly. Ooh. So it's like, it was like an hour, a little over an hour to cook, and then they have to let it rest. Of course, to firm up. Congeal. Right. It'll be soup if you cut in too early. Exactly. How, what temp were you cooking it at? 350? No, 425. Oh my God, you're blasting it for an hour? I know. I think that was a mistake. Okay. <laughs> Was it a little dry? No, it was oh, moist. so good. But the top got a little too cooked. When it became a Cheez-It? A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. A little, little bit. bit. But it was delicious. It was my chef's recipe. And God, was it good. I ate it at 10. And then I ate it again last night. Ooh, man. I wish I was eating gluten right now. I know. I would have brought you some. Oof. I love a lasagna. My mom rarely broke the lasagna out because, as you say, it's a fucking pain. First, you got to make a full batch of spaghetti. Exactly. You got to make a whole sauce. Yeah, and then you got to you got to cook the noodles yep. and the whole nine. And then you got to build your layers. That's right. Yeah. And make the cheese mixture. Uh-huh. Um, the noodles are a thing because when I watched my video, she has a technique because you don't want those noodles to stick. That's right. that's hell okay. on earth for lasagna. So you have to cook in batches. So that already takes mm. some time. Yeah. And then she oils a baking sheet mm. and then, you know, puts the noodles so that they don't stick. Yeah. And then some more oil so that you can stack them, put room for the other. So anyway, it's just, you know, I learned some new techniques. But it turned out great. It turned out great. The good news is I had a week's worth of dishes to do. Oh, great. So, so I did that during the out cook. Out of your boredom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love to clean while I'm cooking, as you know. I know. You you do a good job of cleaning as you go. I have not mastered that. I don't know how to do that. Mm, mm -hmm. I just, because I feel busy the whole time. Right. Yeah. I love it. Because yeah. as you know, like if I can sit down to have this thing and there's no homework, yeah. it tastes better to me. Of course. Yeah. I understand. Anyway, that's an update. That's a big time update. Lasagna, yeah. 10 p.m. lasagna. I was expecting, though, just to be honest, some kind of twist uh, in oh, your Seinfeld shit. way. Okay. Yeah. Like well, you I don't ordered... want to invent a twist. Well, so I know. I'm just going to have to own I, it. I appreciate your honesty. But I thought, you know, certainly you did an Instacart or some delivery thing and you didn't have that. So then you had to work with this and then it showed up and then you tried to take it out. You know, one of these oh, kind of. Wow. Yeah. That yeah. would have been a better story. Well, just that would have been a Monica story for sure. Well, I guess the twist is that it was 10. <laughs> right. And, and that's not too long. ideally when you want to pound a ton of lasagna. No, but I did. Did you sleep like a king that night? Mm -hmm. Oh, see? It was nice. And then I had something else I wanted to update. I was just thinking about it on my walk. I walked here. Your walk. Something interesting happened yesterday. First of all, my coffee line. Yeah. The incredibly sweet woman who was working was the same woman who was working when I- Tried to buy the person <laughs> behind you. Yes, when yeah. I did do that, but yeah. clumsily. Yeah. And so then she took care of my coffee. Oh my goodness. I know. It was wow. like, you know, one of those loops. Yeah. Pay like, it forward. Right, but you, it's like pay it reverse. Yeah. Because <laughs> no one had given you anything, uh -uh. but you pay, quote, paid it forward. You started it is what happened. Yeah. And then you got reverse backed. I got reversed. Oh, that sounds yeah. sexy. <laughs> reversed backed. <laughs> I think everyone would love it, a good reverse backing. 
don't even know what it means, but doesn't it sound hot? It does. We're in the fucking van reverse back and I knock at the window. Oh, shit. And the cops were there. <laughs> Fuck. In the middle of a reverse back? Oh. Did you finish? Of course. It was a reverse back. back. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So that was nice. Yeah. Big time. But then I was driving and I was at a red. I was turning right mm-hmm. on red, but there was a no turn right on red sign. So I. With specified times or just straight up no Straight up. It was at Sunset Junction. Oh, oh. Yeah. Oh. It's a mess over there. Go over by Intelligentsia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I got triggered. I thought you were talking about Sunset Glitter Gold. (gasps) Never. Fucking I wouldn't talk about that in front of you. It's like H&R Block. Plywood monstrosity in the middle of the highest (laughs) valued real estate in the world. I'm sorry. No. You were over at uh, Sunset Junction. Yes. And I was at a no turn Right. So I was waiting for it to turn green. And then there was somebody behind me and they were honking like crazy Mm -hmm. telling me to go. And I was getting anxious. Like it was getting really aggressive. And I was like, do I just go? But then I was like, no, I can't go. And then I looked over and this man standing on the sidewalk with his dog whipped over to the people and was like pointing at the sign and like screaming at them. A me. Yes. It was, I had such a weird feeling of like intense gratitude for that person. You were defended. That was the big takeaway. So I was like, I think I underestimate how much I want that. Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. And uh-huh. feel like I need that because I'm also like, I'm a strong woman and yeah. I can I don't need defending and I'm I yeah. can do it on my own and blah blah blah. But then when someone takes care of you. Yeah, yeah. I do. I well, wanna be protected. So all I would say is like you're not, not a strong woman if you're not flipping people off behind you. Yeah, I agree. I yeah. mean it's a defense mechanism to have up of like, I don't need that. I don't yeah. need that. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And what was the driver's reaction? He stopped honking. He stopped and honking. then it turned. Like it all uh, kind of and the, it turned. The, it turned yeah. turned green. So then it all was fine. But mm, that was a good one to throw at me because I turn right on red on those things. If there's no fucking cars, yeah. You know, I kind of start with this premise that all these rules are here to keep everyone safe. And I respect that. Yeah. They're great rules to keep people safe. But they're also designed for when there's traffic. Yeah. If it is 3 a.m. and you are the only car out on the planet, I, I can't abide by it. The premise of this no longer exists. Yeah. So here I go. Yeah. It's not right, but that, that's, that's how I do do it. I'm like, well, I just remind myself what the point of it is. Yeah. And I agree with the point of it in a certain situation. And I don't in other times. And I've somehow authorized myself to make that that assessment. That's, I mean, but you also feel confident in that role, like in your car. Judging when cars, Exactly, and not everyone does, and I don't. I'm just going to follow it in case there's a car going to come from a random place that I don't expect or know. Right. No, look, no one should honk at you. I don't honk at, I do honk occasionally when it's a no turn on right on red, but there are times. Mm-hmm. This is a very common one to get on the 101 off of cold water, mm. right? Mm-hmm. It's a no turn on red, but only between 6 a.m. and 9 a.m. or whatever it is in 4 to 6 or whatever. Yeah. The busy times. Yeah. Again, because the point of it is to keep things safe. Yeah. So I'll give someone a toot toot if it's 8 p.m. and they're not doing that right on red. 
Maybe I shouldn't, because maybe it's you, and you're just like I'm. I'm feel safer if I don't wait till the light turns green. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I don't know, but I wasn't wrong. Like I wasn't. You're really saying wrong. that person would be actually kind of wrong because they w- should be going at that yeah. time. But additionally, you know, just because you can turn right on red doesn't mean you're you obligated. To. To. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm wrong in many ways, all at the same time. I guess. Yeah, I just I just was well, appreciative of that person. Yeah, I am too. What did the person look like? He had a dog. Okay. It made me love dogs. Sure, now sure. I love dogs. Mm-hmm. He had longish hair. Mm. That's all I remember. An artist. Maybe. A noble artist. Perhaps. Yeah, because what happens to me, again, and this is the that attribution error syndrome, is if I were sitting at a no turn on red that had times and I didn't go, it'd be because I was lost in my phone. Right. There's just no way I would not, I don't like sitting when I can be moving, (laughs) right? So I think my like impulse knee jerk is they're just not paying attention. Yeah. I don't think, no, they know, but they're just nervous. If I knew that, I wouldn't pressure them. But I guess I should assume that's the case. Although so many people are on their goddamn phone. They are, yeah. Okay. Alia. Yes, Alia. Did you have any updates before we do that? Any housekeeping? I mean, I'm compelled to talk about Ukraine, but I'm also compelled not to. Because we don't really know what's going to happen. And if I say something that, you know, if something crazier happens in the next couple days before this airs, I don't want to be insensitive. Yeah, I know. It's hard to know. It's like, are we insensitive if we don't talk about it? Are we insensitive? If and we I do? don't want to. I don't want to add to the fear, but also I need people to understand the context of World War II, which is, in a nutshell, the entire reason Hitler did what he did was that he was a soldier in World War One, and Germany surrendered, and he did not think, as many Germans did not think they needed to. They thought they could have won that war. They thought the, the surrender was premature. He felt very shamed by that mm-hmm. and that the whole country had been shamed by it. And the result of which was the Treaty of Versailles, which broke up the empire into all these different places. And then he got power with the sole goal of, quote, reuniting the ethnic Germans mm-hmm. that were stuck in the Suderland. So he invaded the Suderland, and and then the whole world went, well, yeah, I can see. They are all Germans, and they should all be in one country. So that is very similar. So, So Vladimir Putin was a KGB agent in Germany when the wall fell. If anyone believed in the Soviet dream, it was him. He feels embarrassed that that empire broke up, and he's trying to reassemble it. I'll go further. Hitler knew there was only one way out for him. Victory, total victory. There'd be no negotiated surrender where he somehow wouldn't be killed or put in prison for the rest of his life. Almost every single ruler of Russia, when they step out of power, goes to prison. So he can't leave office. Mm-hmm. I know. You know what a fucking dangerous scenario that is? Exactly. He knows he can't leave office. So he has to stay in power. And so for him, and this is what's terrifying about it, the options are all or nothing for him. Yeah. He has nothing to lose in a way which is a terrifying proposition. 
No, I'm not advocating for us going and getting boots on the ground. I don't know. I'm just, I want, I'm like, we need to point out that like, you would never think a Hitler could happen again. Right. And literally all the exact same steps are currently happening in front of us. Yeah, it's really scary. It is. And it's so sad. And we would definitely have to act quicker than we did in World yeah. War II. Yeah, Which is also a fucking bummer that in 2022, this is the option still on World the table. World War Three. And I don't know how you navigate that with uh, mutually assured all the annihilation. Stuff. Yeah. 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 It's really scary. It is. I think we're all just kind of ignoring it because we're war torn. Yeah. We've been in Afghanistan for 23 years yeah. or whatever it's been. And people are just rightly so don't want this to be the solution to problems anymore. I don't. Exactly. But you got these bad actors that kind of force you to yell at the guy honking. You know, hit me. In my prayer. Uh -huh. My couplet. Yeah. <laughs> my couplet. <laughs> um, bombs or anything scary. Uh-huh. And this would be something scary. Yeah. Okay, I also want to, I just want to, to flag as well, because in these situations where we are, because we're fearful, I am prone, and I think a lot of people are prone, to build the worst case scenario. And if you read the headlines, like I woke up this morning, it was like bombing in Kiev. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck. And I looked, and again, who knows how this ages as I'm nervous about it, but that headline was a little incomplete. I'm not downplaying the tragedy there. Just like if you only read the headlines. And so it's bad. Yeah. But also it's our obligation to make sure that we are not being sold a reaction. Right, for sure. So it's hard to fucking know. Ugh. Yeah. The only really encouraging thing, and I pray that this is what kind of happens is, and again, I don't know whether I should trust the article I read yesterday, but it seems that the reaction among Russian citizens, it's not good. That's good. They're not fired up. Like when they took over Crimea, this seems like they don't fucking want Russia to be the pariah of the world. They've had like mass protests there, but they're also arresting them. Yeah. I know. Which is I know. scary, too. It is. Ugh, In 2022, how do we fix it? Oh, boy. Okay. All right. Well, when Alia came, she didn't know that she was <laughs> no. going to be involved. In, Ensnared in this terrible In moment. a war. Yeah. yeah. There's not very many facts. The boots, her boots, her yeah. amazing shoes. Right. Chloe, the brand. Love them. Yeah. Chloe by Chloe. I have some Chloe boots. Do you have Chloe by Chloe? No. Oh. I just have regular Chloe. Actually, that is funny. They do have like a- A side a, project? Yeah, another, yeah. whatever, called C by Chloe. Uh-huh. Is it less expensive? Yes. Right, because this is what they do. Like Ar Armani had like Armani Exchange. Right, exactly. Yeah. A little bit more affordable. Do you want to talk about the Olsen? Oh, of course. Women? Yes, yeah, so I'll talk about them in one second. Okay. Um, <laughs> Chloe, I'm pretty sure the snake was a print. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, if you're a snake. Apparently, snake skin is problematic because often they peel their skin off while they're alive. I don't know how that could be. Why would they do that? That's what was told me by someone who loves animals. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. I believe them. And so, yeah, it seems that the Chloe shoes are print. Okay, that's helpful. We think. Yeah. Now let's talk about the Olsen twins. Okay. Okay. I love them. Me too. And I want to have all their clothes. Oh, yeah. What's wrong? I was just curious if it was public record at all. 
Oh, it's public. Until I stared at that, I wasn't sure if it was or not. Say it. Yeah, so I dated Ashley Olsen. And yes. I, she's just the most wonderful person. She's fantastic. And yeah. what I like so much when you update me about the row. The row, their clothing Is that line. when we were dating, it was when she was putting kind of all of her energy and focus into launching that in oh, a big way. So wow. I actually got to see her like meet with design teams and like run her shit. And she handles her bee. Yeah, It's very does. impressive. I think they are so awesome. Moguls, but also like... Under the radar. So under the radar. I, I love them. They're sarcastic. Are they? See, I oh, don't. Oh, yes. Yeah, right. I think you asked me, like, uh, that's a weird pairing for, uh, you know, when you first found that out. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I would imagine on the surface that's a pretty weird pairing. But um, just super funny and sarcastic and intelligent and, yeah. And bosses. Fucking major bosses. I want to know them. I had a dream once. I forget if I talked about it on this show. I had a dream that we were at some party or something and they were there uh-huh. and they were their young version of themselves. <laughs> okay. The babies or? Not babies, <laughs> but like uh, <laughs> teens kind of. Yeah. Because, you know, I am their age and uh-huh. I have been following them since Full House. Full House was my first TV obsession. Yeah. So, you know, you got it, dude. That uh-huh. was me. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what they said. Yeah, that was our catchphrase. I luckily never saw that show because it would probably be, I probably would have not been able to be attracted to Ashley you, if I was, knew her as a baby. Yeah, but, or <laughs> or you would have felt like you knew her her whole life. And, yeah, yeah, I don't know if that would have been healthy either. Okay. Yeah, um, I just saw her at a party and I was kind of thunderstruck with the beauty. But she she was there as a teen. And I was so excited to meet her. Uh-huh. And then and then you took her into a different room and I didn't get to meet her. Oh my she oh gave God. you she gave you some special gems oh. that meant something from your relationship. Oh, okay. And I was like, okay, well, I really wanted to talk to them <laughs> and yeah. hang and become best friends. Yeah. And then I wasn't able to do that yeah, in I'm my dream. S- I'm sorry. And I... then you had special gems. Oh. And I wanted special gems. I didn't give them to you? You know I don't want gems. I woke up. Maybe oh. you gave them to me after. I would have. But I'm sure it's all to say, I just want all their clothes. I mean, I love the row so much. The skirt I wore to the live show was the row. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I'm going to add one little tidbit about this is making a case for how cool Ashley is. You got to be a car person to to dig this. Uh, When I met her, a favorite car of mine, which nobody would get, was the Cadillac DeVille DTS. It's like a businessman's... Hmm. fucking Tony Soprano luxury sedan. Oh, wow. And I don't know how it came up because she also had a fucking G-Wagon AMG. Oh, she did? Wow. That was the first time I drove What color? Black. On black. On black. Yeah. That's a tough, cool. It is. And this was 16 years ago, 15 years ago or whatever. Yeah. And then she said, I have another car. And I said, what do you have? And she goes, oh, I have a, a black DTS. I promise you that's, that's the cool. only DTS that was ever sold to a woman in her 20s <laughs> in the history of the Cadillac DTS. Did she say why? Like She just loved it. Wow. And I was like, this is this is a very unique. Yeah. And you said she's good at Scrabble. Yep. Yep. I yep. bet she gets the Wordle on the second one. It's possible. Ugh, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> I wouldn't mind reconnecting with her to find out she still has that DTS because it probably only has like 9,000 miles on it. And I'd yeah. love to scoop that thing up for 3,500. 
Do you think she'd appreciate this ring? All the way. Okay. Yeah. I just want her approval really bad. You're going to get it. You have incredible style, and she would see that from a mile away. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Also, we were talking about the fact that what's unique about the row, Mm -hmm. and what's so cool is that they started their clothing endeavor at Walmart. They first, they they have the opposite trajectory of most companies. Yeah. In fact, ding, 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 we were talking about the lower end version of Chloe and AX Exchange. Oh, wow, ding, ding. Yeah. So generally, like, you build a brand, it's awesome, and then you got to figure out a tasteful way to get it into Costco or Walmart exactly. or something so that you can make the real money. Yes. And so they started there. Yeah. So that's a big hole to climb out of if you want to be a respected designer. Big and time. by fucking God, they did it. They did it. Yeah, they had that Walmart. Was uh-huh. it Walmart? Yeah, yeah, they had a big line of many things yes. at Walmart. That's what built the empire. Right. I mean, also because they had multiple shows and then they had those videos. Yeah, and I they went them. on, cru- they had cruises. You could go yeah. on the cruises oh with God. them. It was a lifestyle brand. Big time. Yeah. Like kind of one of the first. Yes, yes. Bring her out. <laughs> I would I would die Actually. if we had her on. I would love to have her on. Yeah, that would be fun. Ugh. That would be fun. Just putting it out there in the world that I want all her clothes. Yeah. And and she's great at Scrabble. Oh, by the way, the originator yeah, of round features. When we've argued about round features, I yeah. generally will send you a photo of her. Yes. And I disagree. Yeah. <laughs> you do, but but you know, here we are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see round features when you see her. Well, I was bringing it back to Alia. Oh. Round features. You think Alia has round features. Yeah, big round eyes, big uh, round mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Round features. Super beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay, I said in there that I don't see her freckles. I said something like that. Yeah. And- that made me sound stupid. Right. <laughs> I mean, I agree no. that I can see where you're. Yes. Because yeah. because obviously you can see her freckles. Right. But I was being serious. Like, I stopped seeing. That's what I was going to say. I think what you meant is <laughs> you just see Alia. You, like, you know her face. Yeah. And you see the entire thing. You don't ever zero in. Yes. We only do that to our own faces. Exactly. Yeah. That's right. That is correct. <laughs> okay. John Early, big star of Search Party. Yeah. He's also on the new show, The After Party, the one that Ben is, I mean, everyone's in it. Oh, this is the thing that I saw advertised a bunch, maybe even on the Super Bowl. I want to watch it. It's like a mystery, murder mystery. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the guys, it's the- um, Oh, it's um, Last Man Standing, Lego, uh, Lord and Miller. Lord Lord and Miller. Miller. So cool. How could I forget the Lord's name? (laughs) To demonstrate what a heathen I am. Yeah. So that show looks good and he's in it. Great. Was there any Alia stuff? No, just, just the, the boots. boots. Okay, great. <laughs> well, I really enjoyed hearing your story. Me too. The strip club. Yeah. The sum up was that's maybe the most unique backstory of an actor we yes. talked to. When she was explaining her life and when we were hearing it, it had this like. It had this like movie quality to it. It has a richness, a patina. It does. Yeah, it's cinematic. I can see all the things. Me too. And it's Palm Springs. It's like dry. It's strip (laughs) clubs. It's coming to Hollywood. Yeah. I like it. She was awesome. All right. Well, I love you. And um, 
Ashley, if I know you don't listen, but uh, if one of your friends listens, uh, please... Uh, please send me some... Oh, I thought we wanted to interview her. Uh, yeah, please come on the podcast. Okay, first... But bring clothes with you, Yeah, I guess. that's yeah, right, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. No, I mean, I want I want us to interview her so bad. Right, and if she brought clothes, great. Like, ex- I see that's like there. extra, cherry on top, arm cherry on top. Pay it reverse, <laughs> pay it in reverse. <laughs> reverse back. Reverse back. Oh, fuck. God damn. <laughs> Love you. Love you. We are supported by Intuit, the technology platform that builds your financial confidence. There's some things that school doesn't really teach you, like how to handle the financial world. I mean, look, I did 16 years of school and I didn't have a single class on accruing debt or a hole that that puts you on. Yeah, they don't teach you that. No effort made whatsoever. If you want more financial knowledge, now is a great time to learn with Intuit for Education program. It has free, easy-to-use resources like getting a car loan with Credit Karma simulations, understanding taxes with TurboTax lessons, and even learning to run a business with QuickBooks simulations. Check out Intuit's free resources today at Intuit.com education. Intuit, that's I-N-T-U-I-T dot com slash education.